Welcome back to the Hardwired Hockey Podcast. I am Tyler Prosick and joined always by Matthew Sheridan. Uh, today we're going to be covering some Panthers and Leafs hockey as usual. A little bit of all-star game thoughts and, and rosters and uh, maybe some predictions in there for who's going to win, even though I'm not sure the form, like if they're doing what they usually do. Anyways, we'll get into it. Um, the Hart Trophy race, as well as some simile talk uh, to wrap it all up. Matt, how is your Saturday morning going or afternoon? It's, uh, it's going as, as good as, as it can be. I mean, school's starting up again, so not exactly an ideal time, but time to get back into, I guess, the grind of it. It's been nice to do absolutely nothing for the past month. School sucks, so but happy to be talking hockey. For sure. And, um, you know, as of the recording of this podcast last night, the Panthers won yet another home game. Uh, they're 23-0 and on home ice and uh, a very poor 5-4-5 and away from home. Um, they've been hot like they have been all year. Um, the Leafs also 14-4-1 and at home and 9-5-2 and away. So, um, you know, some interesting things going on here. But the Panthers lead the NHL uh, in goals with 149. And uh, there's a there are plus 40 on the year and goal differential. So if you don't mind, we'll start with the Panthers. And last night's beatdown of the Dallas Stars was was very, very it was it was great. I enjoyed it very much. Um, you know, Huberto with four points, Bennett with a hat trick and four points. I think Duclair was a plus six um yesterday. So you know, a lot of positives taken away from that game. Um, I'm really, really interested in this heart conversation that we're going to have in a second uh, after we get through the Leafs. But um, the Panthers are like a freight train, man, right now. And, I, and I've tweeted this the other day. Like, I'm, I'm not going to not talk about how good they are because it's crazy and because of how bad they were like three years ago. It's just crazy how one guy in Bill Zito can turn a whole franchise around in like two years. And like, it's like our prospect pool is thick, if you will. The team is leading the NHL in points percentage. Like, it's just, it's crazy. What, what, what do you think about the turnaround of that team in the past three, four years and what Bill Zito did to turn the team around? Yeah, um, I think it, it all started with getting rid of Dale Talon. Dale Talon, it's really hard to compare a general manager to kind of an owner, but Bill Leafs had an owner, <clears throat> excuse me, way back in the 19, I believe, 70s and 80s named Harold Ballard. And everything that he did kind of sunk the Leafs, whether it was the atmosphere, how he treated uh, his employees and the players and, and stuff like that. And I don't, I'm not saying Dale Talon is like that in any way, but it, I guess you could compare the two in the way that Dale Talon kind of bogged his team down with his moves and stuff. And as soon as you guys got rid of him, he's kind of, the, the, the team itself has flourished. Um, you guys have gotten an amazing acquisition with Bill Zito as your general manager. Um, he, there was nothing but positive thoughts about it and, and things to say about him uh, from people who, who knew him with his role with the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
And uh, he's he's seemingly signed the right guys, uh, pulled off the, the best trades possible for the team. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I guess it's kind of fun to, I don't hate the Panthers, but root against them uh, just because I'm a Tampa fan. And at the same time, it, we always like to poke fun at each other's teams. But um, yeah, it's, it's been, I can't criticize anything that Bill Zito has done. Uh, although you, you look at a first round pick this year um, and it has more value than in years past, but at the same time, you guys got a really beneficial player for your team in, in Sam Reinhardt. He's, he fits in seemingly uh, seamlessly. Um, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. You guys have so much talent uh, throughout your entire lineup. Um, you guys have amazing D and uh, your goalie Bobrovsky in that contract is still kind of hangs over your head, but at the same time, the Florida Panthers have gotten a lot better performance from him this year. So it hurts a little less. And yeah, like you said, I think the perfect way to describe them is a freight train at the moment. Um, like I said, they're rolling in all cylinders. Nothing seems to be able to stop this team except maybe road games. Um, but I imagine that will probably pick up as, as the season progresses. And, but before I wanted to, to transition to the Leafs, I had a, um, usually this is about the halfway point of the season. I understand there's been cancellations and stuff, but I'm curious for you, if you had to name your top three Panthers players halfway through the season, let's say it, with it being in January and the season starting in October, who would those three players be? That's a great question. Uh, number one, Jonathan Huberto, hundred percent. He's been just unbelievable. Um, number two, probably Mackenzie Weger. Um, He's just been a rock on defense. He has over a hundred hits already. Um, you know, he, when the puck's in our zone, he gets it out, you know, faster than anyone I've seen. He, he gets to the puck so quickly and, uh, he shuts down pass passing lanes to the slot. Like it's nobody's business. Um, so I definitely say we are number two, number three, that's a hard one. Oh, we've had some, ah. Oh. Barkov was injured for a bit and, you know, you kind of just expect him to be that good. So I wouldn't say him. Um, I'd, I'd, it's a tie between Anton Lundell, who's just, just ridiculous what he's done. He's 20 years old and he's been playing shorthanded. Uh, he's been playing on our PK the entire year. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, our, our, our PK is 81%, which is third in the Atlantic. Um so, you know, Johnson Huberto's played PK as well this year. So I'd go Huberto, Uyghur, and then either Lundell or Duclair, who's also just found a home in Florida. Um, you know, you could throw Bennett in there as well, who's also played just unbelievable since he's come over from Calgary. Um, and to think that people thought he was a fourth liner when he got traded over. I, I remember the talk, like uh, it was a prospect in a second, I believe the trade was for him. Um, and people are like, that's an overpayment. Like, you know, Bennett sucks, like blah, 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 blah. And here he is scoring so far two hat tricks this year and, you know, being an integral part of that second line and Huberto's success. Uh, I, I believe his face-off is over 50% as well. So he's winning draws, man. Like it's so hard to pick, but I would, I think to finalize it, I'd go Huberto, Uyghur and Lundell. Lundell's just been so impressive this year. Um I think um, 
yeah no it's it's oh, it's, it's great um but as i was just kind of because we'll transition to the leafs of course um but before i get there um i think an underrated uh acquisition by bill zito was gustav forsling off waivers i think it was from carolina uh he's got a goal and 18 assists this year in 32 games um you know he's been uh who was last year when Ekblad was hurt Forsling stepped up big uh in, in a big role uh with our defense but this year he's just like he's just like come into his own and just been like so reliable uh on on the back end and and keeping pucks away from Bobrovsky uh and Knight and you know whoever else we have in goal uh with all our COVID issues lately um, but yeah, no, things are just rolling for the team right now. Um, I'm really interested to see uh, what happens when Nola Charlie Nola Chari gets back in the lineup because he'll be playing his first games with the team soon this year, which is scary that we could be getting another 20 goal scorer onto our uh, roster uh, down in the bottom six. I'm not really sure where he's going to fit in. I know Tippett uh, didn't play last night. He hasn't played that well this year. Frank Vetrano hasn't played very well this year. Um, so, you know, maybe Nola Chari will shake things up in the bottom six. Um, I know Lundell's spot's safe. He's been too important to go anywhere. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. But to move on to the Leafs, I, I've just been looking at some stats here. And obviously, you'll lead the charge with the conversation here. But um, they do not uh, draw very many penalties. They have they've drawn under 100 penalties and there are three teams in the Atlantic to to have done that. But as a team who's, you know, so offensively, I don't know what the word I'm trying to look for, but aggressive, I, I guess I feel like they're a pretty aggressive team offensively. Um, that surprises me. Maybe maybe you disagree with that. But uh, yeah, the Leafs are 29.6 percent on the power play. So if you want to transition over to the Leafs, Matt. Yeah, I think it's been tough to, to get a grip on the Leafs the past month and a half just because they were heavily affected by COVID. And it seems like they've played few, few and far between games. And But at the same time, the last week has provided a, a bigger sample size, how they've been playing. And I guess I'll first touch on your question or your you pointing out that they draw not a lot of penalties and yeah i think that's an issue um not to say that there isn't i'm not trying to be a homer and and a biased lease fan but there has been a lot of instances when i've watched games where there's been hooks slashes and the Leafs have done it too like i'm i'm not saying they're innocent but there's been a lot of missed calls by the refs in the offensive zone and at times, maybe that could change the tide of the game. You, you just never know. But it's been frustrating to watch at times because uh, you, we've got a bunch of really fast and, and, and awesome skaters on the Leafs. And a lot of them have used their speed and, and uh, moved their feet to beat defensemen to the outside and then drive the net. And there's been times where there's been some pretty questionable non-calls. So it's, it's certainly frustrating. The Leafs, again, we've got our fair share of, of missed calls as well, but, or the refs have not called a lot on us as well. But at the same time, I, th I think that's something that uh, 
sucks on our part because we've deserved to to have more penalties called in our favor and that hasn't been the case so far but again nhl referees are questionable at best uh, there's so many there's so much criticism of them and i know i understand the ref being a referee is a really tough job because you can never please everyone but uh, being even keeled with with each side would be nice because there's been some instances where there's been some really questionable refereeing, especially in that Toronto Winnipeg game. But speaking about the Leafs this past week, um, they played Colorado, they played Arizona, and they played Vegas uh, on their road trip. And Colorado, the, the theme in every game so far has been we've started off really well and we've had such a poor back half of the second and a third. Um, we were up 4-1, I believe, throwback to 2013. Um, we had a 4-1 lead against the, the Avalanche, and they came back and won in overtime. That was a pathetic third period by the Leafs. Um, and then Vegas was all right, but Vegas came back and tied the game as well, which was a really poor thing. Thank God we got the extra point in the shootout, thanks to William Elander. And then Arizona, I mean... I understand they took Colorado to overtime uh, last night, but Arizona is the second worst team in the league. And mind you, Carell or Carol Vigmelka, the, the veggie man, they call him. Uh, he's, he played out of his mind. I think he had 45 saves. Like every time the Leafs go up against a goalie, like I knew who he was, but not a lot of, like, I'm not trying to, to pump my own tires or anything, but he's a really relatively little known goalie, unless you, you watch Arizona Coyotes games. And um, he just, he goalied us. And it was, it was really frustrating because we had so many offensive chances and uh, we couldn't put one past him other than that beautiful Matthew shot. So I, th I think that those slow, those slow endings or those poor finishes have really cost us these past three games. Uh, we shouldn't, we should have been able to close out Vegas uh, we should have been able to close out Colorado and we should have been able to beat Arizona. So it's been a really disappointing week and I'm weak and I'm glad uh, Sheldon Keith has held his team accountable because he's been on them about their, their poor conditioning. He said, it seems like they've gotten tired uh, really easily. And uh, yeah, I just hope they can change it because at, at one point this team has to start closing out games. I mean, they used to do it. They did at the start of the season, but this is a worrying trend and I don't want it to continue because uh, they need to get as many points as possible because you've got the Florida Panthers, you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, you've got the Boston Bruins. There are a ton of good teams in the Atlantic. And if we take our foot off the gas for just one second, uh, we can find ourselves falling in the standings pretty quick. So that's something that needs to be addressed and addressed pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, I think whatever happened, I was talking to my brother and my dad about this earlier today. At the end of the season, if I'm the Panthers, I want the Leafs and the the Lightning to face in the first round. So I want them being second and third seed because one of them getting out would be huge. And I think personally, I would want the Leafs to win first round because I feel like, no offense, the Leafs are easier to beat than Vassy in the playoffs, um, which I think is a fair statement. So because last year Vassy shut out every series clinching game he had, um, so I feel like you'd rather face the Leafs in the playoffs than uh, than Tampa because, you know, not only because of Tampa's recent success the last two years, 
but also, you know, the Leafs playoffs, everyone knows kind of what happens. Um, to be fair, the Panthers haven't, you know, won a playoff series since the nineties, but, uh, you know, it would be, it would be a cool Leafs Panthers. Second round would be awesome. I won't lie. Uh, even first round, if it ends up being Leafs Panthers, like, like, it, it seems like that's going to be a, uh, seems like that's becoming more likely by the, by the day. Um, before we get to the all-star game, a uh, quick conversation on the heart trophy. Jonathan Huberto is two points behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for the league lead in points. Do you think he's played to the point? Cause I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm biased. I don't want to answer this question because everyone's going to understand. And my answer is obvious. Do you think he's playing well enough where he could be included in that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it would be silly for people not to mention uh, Jonathan Uberdo in a hard trophy conversation right now. Um, I mean, the definition, I don't have the exact definition, but the hard trophy is the most valuable player. And he's been so important for the Florida Panthers. Um I mean, it's always McDavid and drives that on the conversation as well. Those two are arguably the best two players in the league, although both of them are specifically dry side. It was horrific defensively, but um, yeah, I, I think certainly right now, Huberto deserves to be in the hard conversation. Uh, just given, like you mentioned, he's two points behind the, the NHL scoring lead. And at the same time, he's been playing in all situations, trusted heavily by Andrew Brunette and, just excelled in, in all of the roles that he's been put in and, and made his line mates and everyone on the ice better around him. And, and that's what's important. And if you, a lot of the importance or the, the voting on that is, is put on, um, I guess you could say the defensive impact isn't really looked at in that trophy. That's what the Selkie's for. But at the same time, Huberto, is solid in, in all three zones. And I believe he is better defensively than McDavid or Dreisaitl. So I think that could be an underrated aspect of, of maybe voting in, in a hard trophy is, is given that the MVP, I think in my definition is the player who's the best at everything on the ice, not just scoring points and putting the puck in the back of the net. And uh, yeah, he certainly deserves to be in that conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, but man it's if you watch the panthers games on almost a nightly basis like i do um you're just blown away by the things you see the, the little things that he does um it's what is what impresses me um the points i kind of knew were always there but no it's it's awesome but um uh, moving on to the all-star game um before we get in this conversation let's get this straight the all-star game format is the worst out of the big four um, leagues. Um, it's just terrible. Um, it's boring. Every team gets an all-star, even when your team's last in the NHL. Um, like, no offense to Rasmus Dahlin or Nick Suzuki, but neither of those two are considered all-stars in my book um, this season. Uh, they're both great players, but not among the league's best. Um I can name four Panthers that are having a better year than Nick Suzuki. I could name two Panthers defensemen who are better than Rasmus Dahlin. I could name countless Leafs that are better than Nick Suzuki. 
um, you know, it, like but Bruins, countless of them better than like, it's not a matter of these players aren't good. It's a matter of these other players are better. And the all-star games is, you know, the stars, the stars of that year's season. And the fact that some of these players who are much more um, deserving of the game aren't getting in, like, for example, Nazem Kadri won't be an all-star this year. Um, well, unlikely he could be the last man in, but it's just, it sucks and it's stupid. Um, but anyways, for those of you who don't know the all-star captains, of course, from Pacific, Connor McDavid, Central, Nathan McKinnon, Atlantic, Austin Matthews, and Metro, Alex Ovechkin, who's probably going to skip like he usually does. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just upsetting, but before uh, you, you can have a chance to talk about the All-Star game, I'm just going to – players that I'm happy got in and I think uh, are underrated but deserve it, Jack Hughes, that that he's going to be a fun time at the All-Star weekend. Um, Drake Batherson, is, he's had a great year, I'll admit. And for the format the NHL has now, he's deserving of getting in. In a regular format, don't think he'd get in. Um, you know, like that, Jack Campbell – what a great story there. Um, I think, you know, that's awesome. Great for him. There's a lot of first time all-stars in the central division. Jordan Cairo totally deserves it. First year uh, that he's broken out. He's playing great. He's among the best, among the point leaders in the league deserves to be there. Like these, are the players that deserve to be there, the guys who are shining this year. Um, and then you come down to the Los Angeles Kings and, you know, nothing at all against Adrian Kempe. He's having a good year, 23 points in 37 games. That's, you know, that's pretty good. It's not all-star worthy. Um, it's just those kind of things that kind of tick me off. But um, anyways, those are my thoughts about the all-star game. But And I'll, after you give your thoughts, tell me something that you wish they had in the all-star games uh, to make it better. Yeah, um, the format like you I don't think there's many people that like it um it's at the it's at the point now where it's I don't I'm not gonna say I might not watch it but at the same time I'm not gonna say I'm gonna watch it because it's honestly so boring when it's this format and, and just I understand three on three hockey is exciting but I just the entire all-star weekend is kind of just a drag and you tune into the skills competition and there's some fun moments there, but it gets to the point where it's like, when is this going to end? That's, that's the feeling that I generally get every all-star weekend I watch. And there's been two jerseys that were released. So it begs the question, uh, is there only going to be two teams? I, I guess that's interesting. They usually release four jerseys the past few years but they've only released two. Um, but that brings me to my next point of, it was a lot of fun to see where the players got on stage and there was captains that were nominated and then they got to choose their own teams. Uh, I remember Phil Castle being the last guy. That was so much fun to watch. It was funny because he won a car. Uh, just those moments that, that make the, the game more appealing to fans. The all-star, I think, is 
it, it helps. It's, it's a marketing ploy. It, it helps to get new fans, but at the same time, it's pretty boring. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of, it's been pretty tough to watch the last few years. And just if we could go back to that, that'd be so much better because like I said, if players got to choose their own teams, one, that's better. And two, you don't have guys like nothing against Nick Suzuki. He's a really solid player, like you said, but he has 19 points. And I understand the NHL, again, going back to marketing, they want every team to be represented so they can have fans from every fan base watching. But what does that do when, like you said, those guys aren't, they're solid players at the NHL level, but they're not all-stars. All-stars is the collection of the best of the best for that season. And like you mentioned, when you have one of the all-star game captains and Nathan McKinnon saying the format is silly because Nazem Kadri didn't get in, you know there's a problem. So overall, it's just such a frustrating thing. Uh, at this point, like I said, I don't really care about the all-star game. The only one that's the only event that I really like in terms of all-star across all four professional is the MLB home run derby. I find that a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the all-star game for the NBA, the, the dunk, the slam dunk competition, I guess, because when I first started watching, it was, the, I think it might've been the year before they came to Toronto, but that dunk contest with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon was insane. So I know this is a hockey podcast, but just in terms of all-star events across all four things, I don't even watch the pro bowl. Um, Me neither. Just in terms of all-star games, I think every league could do better in, in trying to make it more entertaining for the fans. Uh, but yeah, overall, looking at the rosters, uh, Aho, Giroux, Hughes, I like, like you mentioned, Kreider, Ovechkin, Fox, Pellick. Again, Pellick's a, a solid defenseman, but at the same time, there's more, there's better options than him. Zach Wierenski, Freddie Anderson, and Tristan Jari. So, like, like you said, Drake Batherson's having a solid season, not an all-star. Patrice Bergeron, I would have chosen Marshawn over him any day of the week this season. Uh, Jonathan Huberto deserves it. Dylan Larkin, I guess, good for him. Uh, he's He's been one of the bright spots on Detroit's team. Austin Matthews, of course. Nick Suzuki, never. I think, like you mentioned, he had like 19 points or something. Rastis Darlene. Yeah, you can name probably four or five defensemen who deserve it over him. Victor Hedman, of course. And then the goalies are fine with Campbell and Vasilevsky. I mean, Vasilevsky's, I don't know. I don't have his stats right in front of him, but I believe he's, I have him in fantasy. So I think he's been playing decently well, but at the same time, he's struggled a bit. And then Winnipeg with Kyle Connor. Um, I guess that's a, a decent selection. Debrinkit certainly deserves it. Kaprizov, I like. Uh, I think Clayton Keller is is an interesting choice. Um, there's one instance where I'm, I'm fine with one team having a representative, just be given how bad Arizona has been. And then I kind of feel bad for their team. Jordan Cairo certainly deserves it. McKinnon, although he hasn't scored a lot of goals, deserves it. Kale McCarr is unbelievable. Joe Pavelski is having a really solid season. And then, yeah, dry saddle, of course, Everly, not really in a, I'm gonna look up his stats quickly, but no, I, don't... I I can tell you now. No, shouldn't no. be monster. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. And Kempe as well. Kudrow is is someone who 
he's having a decent season with David. It always deserves to be there. Stone, Petrangelo, Gibson, Demko. I'm I'm fine with those selections. And how's Timo Meyer, I guess, is another one that kind of would pose some questions about him being selected. But yeah, I just in my opinion, I'm not any my opinion certainly does not matter over any other NHL fans. But at the same time, it, it just seems like a track. I've said that. And yeah, I mean, some people enjoy it, but it's certainly not a highlight of the season for me. Yeah, I think the thing you have to bring back is a draft. It just made it so much more like personalized. And you really got to see the players' personalities on the stage when you watched that draft happen. And it was just so fun. And like, it was so exciting to see that every year. And it's like, um, you know, who's going to be the last pick and all that kind of stuff. It was just fun. And they took it all away and kind of like now anyone can be an all-star. If you're pop, like if you do something stupid in the beginning of the year, uh, John Scott, for example, was an all-star. I mean, that was funny and like, like good for John Scott, but like, come on. Like, it's not the best of the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just boring. Um, like, I'm not going to watch the All-Star game because I can see, you know, if someone breaks the hardest shot record again um, or beats McDavid in a, in a race, like, uh, like skating, I can just watch the highlight. Like, there's no point in watching it live. It's not exciting. It's not exciting anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you know, what can you do? NHL is stubborn. Um, I guess something else I can bring up, we don't have to talk too much about it, is the uh, Quebec government and the NHL both said they would keep in touch, whatever that means. Um, I saw a report from Gary Bettman and the NHL's front office the other day um, that they will indeed keep in touch, which I find interesting. Um, but uh, unless you wanted to touch on that at all, uh, but feel free to go ahead. But um, if not, we can move on to Sim League. Um, so, Matt, how's the Sim League doing? Yeah, uh, I forgot to answer your question about something I would add. I think a, a really solid thing that could be done is I think the women's game deserves more exposure mm-hmm. in and of itself. And instead of kind of bringing them in for like one event or two events or, or having Kendall Coyne go up against uh, the, the NHL skaters, Give them their own all-star game and and televise it. Like, build it up. Yeah. I think that would be something that would be really cool and, and would help drag, attract more fans to hockey, the, the game of hockey itself. I think there's so much potential that could be had with the women's game. I understand people question, like, yes, NHL players, they're men. These these are women like the skill set's not going to be the same, but at the same time, they're skilled, they're still skilled and there's, they still bring entertainment to people and like they're solid hockey players. Like I love watching the women's Olympics uh, hockey. It's, it's so much fun to watch. So uh, I think they, if the NHL could, could kind of help with planning that, then that'd be something that I would certainly add to maybe the all-star game festivities, have the women have their own events maybe, or, or have their own game. Uh, I think that would be beneficial. And yeah, with Quebec, I'm not going to say my opinion on Batman because I have some pretty, <laughs> there's some things that I would say that shouldn't be recorded. Um, 
but I'm just going to say he's a preferential American. Uh, he would rather have probably three more American franchises than put another one in Canada. So I'm not getting my hopes up on that. Um, I'd, I'd love for a team to come back to Quebec. I hate the Montreal Canadiens, uh, but I'd love to get Nordiques there. That'd be a team that I would absolutely cheer for. And uh, for the people that say there wouldn't be enough fans in Quebec, I think that's wrong. Um, from coming from someone whose entire half of their family lives in Quebec, there's a lot of great hockey fans up there. And uh, I think they deserve a team and uh, it'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, given, uh, I guess we can transition over to the Sim League quickly. And uh, to be honest with you, the past few weeks, I have not been paying much attention to it. Uh, I've been going and checking probably once a week, but uh, my team is second in our, in uh, the Metropolitan Division. Uh, I'm the general manager of the Islanders. And uh, our, my record is 14-9-1. And, and I guess just quickly, I'm going to pull up the stats and uh, give a quick rundown. Uh, my top two players are Jonathan Taze and William Carlson Taze. Uh, I think Tyler's alluded to this on past episodes, the salary cap. He's making 5.67. So that's a lot of money for a player. Uh, but he has 34 points in 24 games. So he's been outstanding this season. Uh, William Carlson has 30 points in 24 games. So uh, those two have been really, really good. And I've got pretty solid contribution from uh, not depth players, but middle six. Uh, Brock Nelson has 27 points in 24 games. Luke Shen has uh, 24 points in 24 games from the back end. So he's been really good. Ocpozo has 23 points in 24 games. Uh, Perron is 22 and Cogliano is 21. So a lot of that. And I inherited a team that was kind of in the middle and I haven't made a ton of changes, but one aspect of this team that I'm proud to have kind of built myself is the defense. I had Luke Shen, but as Tyler knows, there was so many defensemen on my roster that uh, retired at the end of the season. So I kind of had to rebuild that myself. And I went out and signed a few defensemen in, in Alex Petrovic and Alex Biega. And Biega's having a pretty good season. He has 15 points in 24 games. And uh, Petrovic is all right. He has nine points in 24 games. But uh, I think I, I'm happy with that. And, yeah, I just – my team is – without Connor Hellebuck, I doubt this team would be as solid as they've been playing so far. That guy is equally as good in the same league as he is in uh, – in real life and uh it's been a lot of fun to watch and uh yeah i look forward to the rest of the season it's the one thing that i'm kind of upset about is Jonas corpusalo uh, he's only played four games but he has a 8.37 goals against average and a 793 save percentage so that's a big yikes and i paid a third round pick for him so it's not looking too good so far oh boy yeah no no it's a uh, during the school year sim league is really fun to have around um, you'll, you'll figure that out, uh, as, uh, second semester goes on because it's something to get excited about. You, usually we sim in the mornings, but now we're simming at night. So usually I wake up, I'm like, oh yes, my sim league won. And then I go to do my day of school or whatever. But, you know, now maybe fun still, cause now you have to wait till night and see what happens. But, um, yeah, now this season's going along pretty well. Uh, 
as I've said in the past, I'm the Blues. I'm 14, 8, and 1. I went on a five-game losing streak, I think, and that is because I was working ungodly hours, like, weekly. So I was, like, I was just swamped, and I had no chance to change my lines. Um, but I finally got the chance, and ever since, I'm 2-0. Oh, um, just won against uh, my good friend, Alex Baumgartner's team, uh, the Coyotes, 8-3. to three. Soon, I'm going to be making a trade, uh, something big. Uh, to get my team back in order, but I have 29 points, um, 14, eight and one, like I said, third in my division, which is the central. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the last two games I've scored 14 goals in the last two games uh, and let in six. So, you know, things are looking pretty good, pretty good right now. Um, and the teams I lost to, like some of them were good teams. Like I, recently I lost four, nothing to the Leafs. Uh, they're, they're a good team. Um, but as for my team's stats, you know, the team's doing well. One guy who's kind of surprising me right now that I might flip for someone better uh, is Evander Kane, who has 25 points in 23 games. Uh, he's had a great year. He also leads my team in penalty minutes with 38 in 23 games, which is annoying. Yeah, I want to um, see, just quickly, I want to, like, you can keep talking, but I'm going to see how many, who's my leading uh, point. Or pound minute getter. Yeah. And then we have uh, Barkov, of course, leads the team in points. I think he's among the league leaders. 36 points in 23 games. Um, I mean, you know, I've built a good team. It's just I got to get – I think I need one more center because I have great wingers, um, but I think I need one center, and then I can put uh, Jean-Gabriel Paggio on the wing. Uh, Cause he's got, he's got 19 points in 23 games, which is great, but he has one goal. So, I mean, he has the same stats as Gustav Forsling in the actual NHL, uh, which is funny, but uh, your goalies are great. My goalies are terrible. Um, Darcy Kemper has played 19 games. Tuka Rask has played nine. Uh, Kemper has a 299 goals against average, which, you know, not great, not awful whatever i'll take it he's 11 6 and 1 which is you know good he's a 900 save percentage like it's just uh it just sucks and tuka rask isn't much better he's got a 336 goals against average two three i mean three two and oh 885 save percentage like it's just uh mike that i'm gonna point out my penalty minutes quickly just Throw it out there, Petrovic is my leading defenseman, 32 penalty minutes. But I understand Rask, you're frustrated. Like 885 is not the best. Let's okay. Hellebuck, 24 games played. He's played the majority of my games. 14, 8, and 1, 916 save percentage. So he's been really solid. Like I mentioned, Corpusalo has let in six goals on 29 shots. Oh boy. That is, like, if Hellebuck, for some godforsaken reason, gets injured or, or has a bad night, like, you throw him in there and he's been brutal. Yeah. Like, his goals against average was over 10, I believe, like a month ago. It was – I that is not a good acquisition on my part. And I, I forgot who's Calgary's general manager, but to get a third-round pick for him right now is uh, looking uh, pretty sweet for him. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lot of learning. And once you get kind of the league under your, like under, like you understand it, like it gets, it gets really, really, really fun. 
Um, I think I do need maybe no, my defense are good though. That's why I'm like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to uh to decide what I'm gonna do, but I know I need to make a trade and I'm thinking it's gonna be a center. Uh but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh unless you have anything else to say um for the episode, then I think that's gonna do it for this. Uh, do it for us this week. Um, Matt, any plugs? Any plugs for you? Um, I haven't really reached out to them yet, but sadly, uh, probably going to be at for OTL. Uh, knock on wood, not jinxing yet, but uh, I've gotten a scouting opportunity with the team. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, hopefully, I will be able to continue with FC. I will not be filing as many reports. But hoping to to get in a few maybe every month and, and continue to to help with their rankings because they've got a great group. Um, I'm so privileged to be with them and yeah, what and uh, certainly listen to our podcast. Uh, I mean, if you're hearing this, you're probably listening. Uh, so I don't even know how many viewers we have, but certainly uh, it's a lot of fun to talk hockey each week. And uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Sheridan underscore Matt. Sweet. And uh, yeah, for me, just making sure I'm not on mute. Huh? Uh, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Prosec Tyler, P-R-O-C-Y-K Tyler, or uh, T Prosec underscore on Instagram. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, the MLB talks for the lockout aren't really going anywhere. Um, go listen to the Blue Jays Way episode coming soon. Um, season two is underway, and uh, you can go check that out um, shortly. Um and yeah, I mean, I got a couple, I got uh, some football articles coming out, baseball articles coming out. Go check OTL, check it all out. A lot, any football content that you're interested in, yeah, please go check that out. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. So thank you for listening and uh, we will talk to you next time.